Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Snowpiercer. In the year 2014, humanity was swept by the ultimate taste-testing craze. Mm, that's when the Groovy Burger was in Japan. Is that what we're talking about? No, I was making reference to a really dark bit from the end of this film. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> What film is that? Snowpiercer. That's right. It's, um, I don't know, I feel like it's maybe... What's the reputation on this one? It did really well. It had hugely great, had great reviews. Okay. Okay, I felt like there was some weird undercurrent of hate for it for some reason. I don't know if there's an undercurrent of hate. It's just... It's got an edge of foreignness to it, so it was never like a huge box office thing. And I guess it's so high concept that um, that causes problems for some people. Well, it was one of those... It's like... <laughs> The name sounds like it's something poetic. It's like, no, it's about a train that literally pierces snow. It has an axe fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I have a good, yeah, I do have a good story for seeing this one, though, which I'm sure I mentioned to you, but I'll mention it on the podcast now, which was um, January 2014 in Japan. There was like this insane freak snowstorm. This was down in Kanto, which doesn't get much snow at all, and we had a meter there. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, we. We snow pierced our way to, to the 7-Eleven, stocked up, and in two days, everything was closed. Then the theater kind of started to open again, so I, I, I plummeled through the snow to watch this film in a, in a snowpocalypse, so that was kind of groovy. Yeah, we're recording it now, like, surrounded by snow in a yeah. mountain outside at, like, 11 o'clock at night, so... Yeah, yeah, so there is some fitting, but when I went to see this, it, it yeah, had a totally acting. frozen over look that's, like, in this movie, so... I was like, I don't, I don't know how this movie's making me feel. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think that's the perfect setting to watch it, sure. <laughs> I watched it for the first time today. Okay. And for almost finished it on a train, so. All right, yeah. We both we got half the experience each. <laughs> yeah, so so first first impressions then, because this one's been sitting in my, my donker for. Is that my street? I liked it. Eight years. Yeah, well, yeah. my main thing <clears throat> before, I hadn't really heard much about it, other than a mutual friend of ours being like, Snowpiercer, oh, yeah, well, it has the same twist as Soil and Green, but it's not even people, it's just bugs. Maybe that's, that's where not, I got the undercurrent of hate. That's not, like, the big twist of the film. No. That's a very small throwaway scene halfway through. Kind of like how Soil and Green in the book was just, like, one of many things. Mm. So it's here just uh, one of many things. Yeah. Which, I, honestly, they, they told us we were going to probably... They'd like to say we're going to be eating that anyway, so, in, in real life. Yeah, well, yeah, um... <clears throat> comes up in Blade Runner as well. It's just like a minor. It's just a thing we do now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, you know, it just depends on if it tastes delicious or not. If it's a gelatin cube and I can't tell, then fine. I just don't want to have, like, legs in my teeth. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the problem <laughs> when I ate the Inago. So, the taste wasn't, I mean, you know, it's soy-covered 
not the cockroach. Actually, there there was. I had a student, kind of a weird student, adult student, come in and um, he told me about his trip to like a cockroach restaurant in Tokyo, where they did prepare the cockroaches. Okay. So that I was like, yeah, I'm not hardcore enough for that one. Sorry, dude. Yep. <laughs> he was a weird dude, though. He he seemed like the guy who would go to a cockroach restaurant. <laughs> okay, like on the first date, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that> place. <laughs> Is that worse than the taxi driver date? Is he taxi driver? Yeah, but not for a minute. Okay, that's that's where he... I remember the date, but I can't remember... He, he just takes her to, a, like, a hardcore porno, and it's okay. an art movie. Because <laughs> he's so out of it, so... <clears throat> that's kind of what I was thinking here, but... Um, no, this is one I think... I think that was probably the fourth or fifth time I was watching it this week, so it's it's one I have watched several times. It is my somewhat regular rotation of things I tend to get back to. <laughs> so maybe it'll be in yours. Who knows? Yeah, it's a good film, so... Okay. I, I can't imagine this will be the last time I watch it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I guess you could do your tale of it. Tell, tell the tale of the piercer of the snow. I will. After humanity accidentally froze the Earth trying to solve global warming, all life is extinct apart from that aboard Snowpiercer, a luxury train which travels around the whole world's coast perpetually every year. Curtis Everett leads a a revolt of poor passengers from the tail section along the length of the train towards the rich upper classes at the engine at the front. Though many are lost, with the help of Namgung Minsu and his daughter Yona, Curtis kidnaps Minister Mason and battles his way to the front. At the penultimate car, Curtis wants to pass through to the engine and confront Wilford, the train's inventor and master, while Namgung wants to blow open the train and try living outside, where he believes the temperatures are rising. Curtis is allowed in to see Wilford, where he learns the tail passengers are kept alive so their children can be used to power the engine. Wilford begins a cull while offering Curtis his position. Curtis frees the kids and returns the explosives to his companions. Yona and Timmy, freed from the engine, escape after the train is bombed off its tracks. Outside, they encounter a polar bear. Life outside the train. This is Matt. This is Luke. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sanctuary. There. If All aboard. All aboard. Yeah. I, I, why didn't I, I use that blurb for last week's episode? Oops. <laughs> I used to use the same one. We did Groundhog's Day recently. Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> you just did it. Yeah. You did both S's. Oh, I did it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we only did the second of one of the essays, not both, but still. You know, was another one, whether the Time Enough podcast where I was talking to Mark, and he was started talking about Groundhog Day, and he got it right each time. He's, uh, he's yeah. Wow. He Ooh, me I'm Mark. I look saying words right. <laughs> I'm a dork. <laughs> I think he listens to this, so. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it, it, this, is, this is a real good cast. I feel like this is, like, just a, yeah. Like, even the little parts are like, whoa, they're here. Yeah, and it's like... It's a good cast, but none of it feels like stunt casting. Yeah, and and none of it doesn't 
for the most part, seem to... Well, I guess it kind of d- touches on some of their personas, but you mentioned you got through the whole film without realizing Tilda Swinton was in it. Yeah. So I had anchor <laughs> up in the credits, and I was like, well, I really think of one person it could have been, so I guess it was her, but I still can't really see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, when you see it next, uh, I, I think I did have the same thing the first time I saw it. Okay, like, right. Because, <clears throat> like I said, I've seen it a few times, so I'm like, yeah, she's in it. But, yeah, I think the first time I, I also didn't get it. For the most part, Chris Evans is playing a very Chris Evansy character. You learn some dark stuff about him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's, I guess, like, not as chirpy as he is in other roles. No, he's quite subdued. But he's still very stoic and leading Manny, right? He's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like dark Captain America, disheveled he's Captain America. Da- oh, he's nomad that that eats children. No, nomad the children eater. That was a, that was a comic, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> what if? <laughs> <clears throat> when did when did John Hurt actually die? Pretty recently. Okay, so he was around a few years after this. So yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, this is his kind of role, I suppose, especially in old dude form. Because well, the, the John Hurt role I've seen the most is in playing the War Doctor, so... Yeah, this is right this is in exactly that. exactly that. This is exactly... Around that time, yeah. yeah. I guess he looks about the same, too, doesn't he? I think this was, like, a year apart from that, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the... Yeah. I don't know. Not I, only I, two years, but yeah. Lot, lots of stuff with him, I guess. But uh, who else while we're rattling names about? Um, oh, the Koreans. <laughs> I should get them up, because, like... They the, are... The young girl was the as an even younger girl, was in The Host, which is definitely on our list. We need to get to that soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the older guy has done a bunch of stuff as well. I think he was in um, Parasite, which was like a big old hitter. Yeah, that's my point. I know they're both like, <clears throat> like we're saying, oh, Chris Evans and John Hurt and, you know, Ed Harris. And I'm like, well, the, the Korean stars are actually quite notable. We're just having like, you know, um, Western seen, Civ bias. Yeah, most of the rest of their stuff, right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to admit, I have. There's a lot of the Korean films that I should see that I haven't gotten around to seeing. So, yeah, I've I'm, I've seen barely anything. I've seen Save the Green Planet, The Host, and that's like it in terms <laughs> of stuff that's come out of Korea. Yeah, okay. Do you have anything on on our? No, hold your horses, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking Song for Kang Ho is the <clears throat> the bloke. He's been in. Oh, he was, yeah, he was also in The Host. He was in A Taxi Driver. I'm pretty sure that's a different thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's been in loads of stuff. The only one that I know is The Host. I'm just um, kind of... And he hasn't out done that. much outside of Korea. Yeah, I'm just throwing out that, he's obviously. He's got a so. face I recognize, though. Same here, I recognize both of them, but, uh, yeah. Probably more, like, from posters <laughs> than some movies I've seen. I'm wondering now if the... Well, else the director did. Well, this was originally a uh, graphic novel, right? Uh, yeah, French. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's definitely uh, of the world, I guess. Well, the, the train rolls around the world. So. Okay, yeah, he is the same guy. The director is the guy who did The Host and... Oh, Parasite okay, so this stuff. is yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of... Oh, okay, so this is just... Great, this. so I know one Korean guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not racist, I have one Korean friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, sorry, uh, for all of those people that are screaming at their phones right now, if I was giving a guy short shrift. <laughs> I mean, the acting was great, and the director is clearly amazing. Yeah. Just this is 
the, all I know of either of their work is this and a monster movie they did. We're, we're just not well schooled enough on it, so yeah. Well, um, that, and we are now at a time where probably a lot of people are quite well schooled on Korea. Yeah, yeah, that's my point. Korean dramas I've, are pretty big at the moment. I've missed some of that toot toot train, I guess, you know? So, yep. <laughs> oh well. Um, Ed Harris. I, we, I mentioned him, but we didn't, yeah. What, what do you think about that? I mean, he's kind of... He's, they were talking, I, was read, I read up a little bit on like some interviews and stuff, and it was, um, they needed the kind of actor who could just turn up in this very small role and just automatically have enough gravitas to pull it off. That makes me think of Wayne's World too. have you seen that? Maybe. Oh yeah, <clears throat> definitely I have, but I don't know what bit you're referencing. It's, it's a, where um, Wayne's racing to a church and he stops at the gas station and the guy's like... Oh, I remember blah, blah, blah. Oh, he's like, like, we get a better actor. Yeah, right? we, we just shoved Charlton Heston in. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what I was thinking of when you said that for throwing Ed Harris in here. <clears throat> I guess this is a straight to character, but um, is this character more or less despicable than the Truman Show character? I, I forget his name in that one, but... Uh, <laughs> um, much more. Yeah? Yeah. Truman just did something quite mean to one guy. <laughs> Not true, no, Truman Not Truman's, was the guy. Yeah, yeah the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the dude's name, even though I should remember it. Yeah, the leader of the Archons. Did, uh... <clears throat> Although this guy was just trying to build a crazy train, and then World Events kind of chimed in, I guess. Yeah, but he's built a train that's powered by children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying the, the... From the start, he was kind of fucked up. <laughs> and then the world ended, and he got to be in power, and he just continued to be fucked up. <laughs> Okay, good point. Yeah, I, maybe it's just because he does get just that one scene in this movie that he was like. But he represents like you know the banality of evil, right? And he's the epitome of that. Yeah, the yeah. Whole, well, that's what the whole front carriages are, right? Well, I'm also bringing up the Truman Show because the whole sort of Gnostic thing fits in here pretty well too, with him being sort of the demi demiurge, you know? Kind of, the, but the fake I don't god because they're singing hymns to. There workers. is that element, but also like, no one is under any illusions about what's going on in this. Other than specifically where the children are going. Yeah, as I'll say that, the but no classroom one's kids. It's not like the, the tail end of the train thinks they're living in a utopia or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the front end? The front end do. Oh, the, they, the front end do have a pretty good gig going on. I want to get into their gig a little more, of course, I mean, if, we're, if we've gotten past all this stuff about acting. Um, it's one of those films where everyone's good in it, but like it's, it's not an actor's film, it's a plot film. And everyone's turning up to do their bit of what needs to happen. Yeah. Acting Very is just, well. Acting is just screaming really loud, man. You know, the louder you can scream, the better an actor you are. Well, I mean, that's painfully not true because Chris Evans' best bit is his really quiet scene at the end. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nicolas Cage has gone into the pot. Get back in your cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, man, this movie is Nicolas Cage. I think, I, just, I think we just ruined this movie. Well, if it... Because it would be better if it did have Nicolas Cage. Replace Chris Evans with Nicolas Cage. Or replace Ed Harris with Nicolas Cage. No, I would replace Chris Evans with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> A younger one, though. Okay. <laughs> or replace Chris Evans with young Nicolas Cage and Ed Harris with old Nicolas Cage. <laughs> like in a Gemini Man situation. Why not just get John Travolta? Well, that. That works. Face off two on a train. Face offer. <laughs>
<clears throat> Let's think about the train. It's a closed system, apparently. Do people like, like in, in the front of the train at the bar, <clears throat> when someone breaks a martini glass, is that like a tragedy? Mm. You can't get another martini glass. You're going to run out eventually. It's going to be like the last martini glass eventually. Maybe they just use metal tumblers. I feel like I saw some glass in there. There's definitely some glass around. They shoot out the windows at one point. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> and, I mean, yeah, it's definitely not sustainable infinitely, no. right? No, I mean, like, razors. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they certainly don't have, like, a razor production plant for people to shave, so the people at the front of the train should be just as hairy as the people at the back of the train. Mm. I, I know I'm just throwing... I'm no, but also here. I'm thinking, like, you can make a... a you can make a blade. They probably do have capacity for making. They made an awful lot of hatchets, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm just wondering, like, you know, if you... Because the train, like, uh, this one does seem wider than the average train, but mm. not that much wider, you know? And even Star, Star Trek Voyager is, like, they had to... Uh, they weren't designed to be a closed system, but Starship's a pretty closed system. Mm. Yeah. They still needed stuff a lot. It's not quite a closed system. It does get water. Yeah. I think that's maybe where I heard some of the negative. Uh, again, um, I do like this movie a lot, but <clears throat> maybe it's like so high concept it like doesn't quite make sense. Mm. <laughs> it makes sense because they don't go. They don't try and tell us it's been a hundred years or a thousand years. Mm. They tell us it's been seventeen years, <clears throat> and we can see it's falling apart. Yeah, they are running out of a bunch of stuff. Right. Right. I think it's like. If there had been no revolution at all, the train would have come off its tracks within, like, this long again, right? <laughs> uh, they have sushi twice a year, right? Well, if you're at the front of the train, of course. Mm. Not if you're at the back of the train. <clears throat> but, um, and then I was just thinking, yeah, like, how, is this supposed to be, like, what, two miles long a train, or what's going on? The train on? itself? Yeah. We get a look at it. It's not that long. Well, but it does arc around. That's when they're shooting each other through the yeah. glass, right? So it seems like it might actually be a couple of miles long. Could, as, as Wilford says, no one has ever walked the length of the train. Because they get shot, not because it's really long. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's about a kilometer, I reckon. Okay. Cause, uh, yeah, because they got, like, you know, they got cars for fucking saunas, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which I, I do support, by the way, but... <laughs> yeah, if there's enough space for everyone... <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm just thinking of the front of the train. Um, have you seen the train? Uh, actually, it's the, the station we're near. Um, usually in summer, you don't work here on Saturdays, but sometimes there's the luxury train there. I think you, I have seen it once or twice. It's kind of a lime green, mint green. Yeah, yeah I've never been on board it, but I've seen it. <clears throat> I it's always think of Snowpiercer when I see that show up. Okay. All the, all the rich assholes eating inside as I'm standing out in the cold. Oh, wait, it's summer, as I'm sweating out in the summer heat. It's cold now, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been aboard some fairly fancy trains once or twice. I rode the Rockamon. That's, our, our, that, that's, our, that's the plebe fancy train around here. I've left it so late buying my Shinkansen ticket, I've had to get in the green car. Ooh, la la. I so think it's I've... not that much. Like, the Shinkansen's nice already. So yeah. I've also left it so late that I've had to be in standing room only all the way to Hokkaido. So, <laughs> yow. <laughs> with a dude who had a dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I used to, yeah, I, you know, I, I used to rock my train times. The Shinkansen, yeah, I love that. I mean, well, hell, I ride the, I ride the uh, commuter train every day, but that's no Snowpiercer. Yeah. That doesn't rate at all. So, no, your experience didn't count on the train. <laughs> <laughs> You, you needed to be on the glam train. Um, 
And then like the aquarium, like I, I, you know, I was just like trying to work out the logistics of that. Oh, I, maybe they had transparent aluminum because Scotty gave it to him in 1987. Well, there's, there's, <clears throat> up until this point, there's been no hassle in the front carriages, right? Mm. So, I mean, I assume an aquarium lasts quite a while. Where do they, I get, I mean, we see some of the cars where they live, but it's like, how, how many people are up there? Because the, the back seems to have about 100 people, maybe? I think that there's a line about, like, thousands at one point. But. <clears throat> I, did, was there? Because I'm like, because we see everyone line up, right? It looks like about 100 mm. people, and that, that is the tail. You mean the whole yeah, but that train. might just be one car. There might be multiple cars. Or, like, a few tail section trains, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could be the case. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering with the population, the Snowpiercers. See, mm. that, that is where you punch holes in this film. It's but this, like I think this isn't a film where you're meant to think about those aspects. I know, but it's kind of fun, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of reading a book right now about, like, building the interstates and the highways in America. So, like, you know, just weird stuff comes to mind that you wouldn't yeah. think of until you have to deal with it. Well, and the other thing is, it's, um, <clears throat> a lot of it seemed to be high up in mountains. Which is yeah. an impractical place to build your super train line. Well, it's built as a luxury thing, so you yeah. want to have lots of good scenery. Views, yeah. yeah. But then also, um, every now and then you see like some Elon Musk type talk about, oh, what if there was a train line that connected all the connected world? And it's always like, there's like three stations in each American state and two in the entire continent of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, not many people would get that. I mean, America is, I, I, there was a point where I guess we were kicking ass with trains, but that's, that's long in the past. Yeah, like 200 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I come from the UK. It's not like I can talk about how public transport being great. <laughs> but now I live in Japan and it actually is, I don't feel any need to own a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do, but I don't drive it much. So <laughs> You drive it, just deliberately go somewhere because you can't get there on a train. Like Exactly. So <laughs> mostly just yeah, going up to the family house because it's up in the sticks. Actually, there is a bus station, uh, not bus station. There's a bus stop real close to it. But there actually, it's the, like two or three stops a day. The only reason I don't take the buses more is because it's very hard to look it all up in English. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. If I could do the buses as well, then yeah, the public transport here could get me everywhere I want to go. Also, I've been taking like five instruments with me, so that, that wouldn't be good <laughs> on a bus. Right. <laughs> you could be a one-man band. <clears throat> I'm sure the bus passengers would love it. Oh, right. Well, I, I do it in, I do it in a tatami room, yeah. But no, I, I guess for me, though, it's, it's like kind of fun to overthink this movie because I'm mm. interested in like all the future, retro future sort of stuff. And, you know, I'm interested in the... Maybe it's just because I just watched it for the first time. I'm not at that point with this movie yet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm definitely sitting there. Yeah, the first time it was just like, it is, it's quite a thrill ride, right? So you don't <clears> need to stop and think about this shit. Yeah, and it's, and it's you know, it's, it's slathered thick with allegory. But yeah. um, I, I do feel like it's a movie just to just take a step back and be like, wait a minute, how does this work? This this can actually work. And also, now living in Japan and dealing with Japanese children all the time, I fully believe that a guy could be this into trains that he grows up and builds a train that goes around the whole world and it's where the whole of humanity lives now. Oh, yeah, I'm not even questioning that aspect of the movie at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems, that, you know, that floats water. That makes perfect We even see him as a kid. He's just like, I want to live on a train forever. <laughs> <laughs> see, the, the infrastructure part, like, doesn't bother me. It's like, okay, they build a track around the whole world and they have the, that, you know, the train's rolling on it. Even that it's, like, relatively, you know, what, nuclear-powered or, or whatever? I mean, they got to have kids moving gears and stuff for some reason, but... Hmm. No, I don't think... I'm, when did they say anything was nuclear powered? <clears throat> I just guessed that. Sorry. No, it's just it's powered by the kids moving it. Oh, okay. The, the kids are running on treadmills, running a train, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
MK, now that I've gotten past the uh, let's overthink it stage, um, I guess we can go more for the allegory stage, which is where this movie like really shines. It is like a very kind of, you know, fascinating sort of allegory. Um, <clears throat> what stuck out to you? I think when I first saw it, that whole Gnostic vibe, I, I didn't pick up on it, but not this current viewing, but maybe like the last viewing is when I really started like thinking along those lines more. So, cause the first time I, first time I was just like, that's fine. You know, that, that's, yeah, the first time I saw it. You saw me put a chocolate in my mouth before you asked me questions. Yeah, so that's why I went on a good <laughs> rant for a while. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, it was the most surface level bit that stuck to me, which is just, you know, like, fuck the rich angle. Because that's <laughs> always my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you know that's always going to get me in the door. <laughs> um, they had 17 good years up there being rich assholes. I guess it was the... The way the... Um, Tilda Swinton's character just talked to them like she expected them to agree with her that, yeah, they are in their place. <laughs> that is how the Conservative Party talks to <clears throat> the masses of the UK. <laughs> just like, you are the scum, you're in your place, everything is as it should be. Listen to us, we know what's best. What's best is that we line our pockets and you die. Ah, <laughs> and like, okay. It's... Because she even, she listed, it's like, oh yeah, you know, my, I made that character a hodgepodge of all the worst people, like Hitler, Stalin, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that sound that sounds right for her. <laughs> yeah, and and you can see that in the character. I mean, but I just I just thought she was a really well realized piece of shit. Yeah. What what is the piece of shit teacher in the, the fifth Harry Potter book movie? Oh, Umbridge. Yeah, yeah. I thought of Umbridge a mm. lot. She she seemed very Umbridgey. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> when that she just worshipped the higher power. To the point that she refused to see anyone question it. Yeah. And I mean, she's, she's doing horrible shit. Oh, yes, yes, the, uh, the, <clears throat> their punishment system is notable, I guess. So just freeze your arm and shatter it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with a giant Thor hammer. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Uh, one, the line I really fucking made me hate Mason was when she repeatedly says, it wasn't me. <laughs> like, but she's part of this, you know. You're part of the system. It is you. Well, no, she's, she got... Yeah, when you're caught red-handed, it's time to scamper out any way you can, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but there's just a very, was a very real line of, like, I didn't do this one specific thing. Sure, <laughs> I facilitated it, but... I didn't literally pull the trigger, so I'm not guilty. Let's see, in, in any situation, it's like any time it's like, you need to come back or we're going to kill people and it'll be your fault. You need to do this or we're going to kill... It's like, no, no, you killed the person. Yeah. That's your choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it would be shitty to have your compadres and loved ones die in, in all these situations. That's why the hero has to, you know, do the thing. But at the end, it's like, as far as the guilt trip, it's like, no, nah, no, nah, you don't need to take that guilt trip on yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't take that action. You know, if, if people take the action of, gee, we just don't kill people in the first place, you know, I, that's yeah. pro- it's got to be a mutual everyone agreement, though. So that's the, hence lies the problem. <laughs> And then, yeah, when we get to the front carriages and they're just, like, oblivious. The school <coughs> scene, raves and shit. Like, the school scene, I, I could see the person arguing that it was a huge tonal shift. How wacky that was compared to how grim everything before was. But to me, that was absolutely perfect for this type of dystopian film. That was the first car that didn't eat shit or yeah. bugs as well. Like, mm-hmm. the one right before that. What, what was it? The wa- I guess it was the water or whatever. Yeah, which that was... 
it's not like that's not somewhere people live and stuff. It's just a. No, people do live there. That's the whole point of the tail section. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> but we didn't see many people in the water. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's this this movie's like a really really thin metropolis. I think we do go through um, like the greenhouse and stuff before we get to the school. Oh yeah. uh, okay, I th- I thought you might like fart there. <laughs> My brain just doesn't work anymore because it's very late and I'm very tired. <laughs> just like in like a life way. <laughs> So tired. <laughs> <clears throat> How tired would you be as a snow piercer? What do these people do all day? I mean, well, I, I guess you can d- take drugs and rave for, what, the rest of your life? What are they doing? Well, it's, that's the funny thing. is, no matter which end of the train you're in, you're just doing fuck all day. Yeah, yeah. Unless you've got one of the specific train jobs. Like, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this is, like, this is like permanent quarantine for everybody. I guess if I was at the back, I would just be constantly planning revolutions. Which I guess is what they've been doing. But if I was at the front, I would just be raving all day. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> or, but, but that was the thing. Uh, you know, Wilford is, is stuck at the front. He doesn't get to leave mm. his little room. That's because he fucking loves trains. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to keep... I gotta keep. It didn't seem like he had that much to be doing. But he's a god. He goes back two cars and, you know, he's, he's going to get mobbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is kind of, you know... Well, so you, you, people spend time around him. They realize he's human. <laughs> it all falls apart. Right, right. So he needs to be the legend. Just, just kids that you're gonna wear out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's because of all those pedos and high up. That's what's well, happening. Well, okay. So if we want to, talk about allegories, <laughs> you know, feeding children to the super rich, specifically. <laughs> like, let's just make it very clear that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. <laughs> but, you know, <clears throat> Wilfred was definitely riding on that. Pl- well. He would have been invited to ride on the plane, but decided to take a train instead. Because he was a train dude. <laughs> yeah. He's a train geek. He definitely would have taken the train to um, Little St. Nick or whatever it's called. I wonder if... The- <laughs> it's definitely not St. Nick, isn't it? Little St. James. <laughs> <laughs> Little St. Nick's a Beach Boy song, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> now, I just think if there's someone out there that, like... Beach 12-year-old boys. Doesn't want to get on the... Uh, the, the well, whatever the Lolita Express, but was like really into like his his train version. I mean, in real life, is there like is there, is there like a lame cabal of like train geeks? Definitely, yeah. They'd be a few. They're, they're not cool enough to be plane geeks or island geeks, right? Yep. <clears throat> Still aboard the Pervo train. <laughs> On the board, the fuck train. <laughs> choo choo! Open your mouth. It's going into the tunnel. See, there's a lot of allegory in this movie. Yeah. That's my point. I wonder if this film is big among, like, QAnon weirdos. That's kind of why I bring it up, because, it, it ha- I mean, like, in 2013, when it was made, I don't know, I guess we'd had Jimmy Savile at that point, but mm. when, when, was, when did that news break? Was it 2012? I don't know the exact details. But, like, <clears throat> on a certain level, we've always known that rich and powerful people do horrible sex crimes to young people because they can. Yeah. It's just that now there's, like... They like to accuse the ones who don't do it of doing it and forgive all the ones who do. Right. <laughs> Good point. That's the most frustrating part. It's like, yeah, all of what you're saying is true. You're just pointing it at the wrong one. <laughs> and, and then the people that uh, they, they do catch just conveniently kind of disappear. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, weird shit. Okay, uh, let's see. We got that. We got that. So, is this a utopia, dystopia? Depends on what train you're on, the whole well, thing um, is a dystopia? This is a true dystopia, because an act, the word dystopia is meant to be 
you start off thinking it is a utopia and it turns out it's not. Mm. So the, the front comparatives are definitely living in a dystopia. Okay. I mean, Logan, the Logan's Run folks got a better deal. They could, mm. You know, they could walk in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is no private, like, like here, have your private moment is like yeah. a big deal. Because, yeah, you would, even on the front of the train, you, I, I guess you could be in your little sauna pod for. I guess they need to have like a love hotel carriage. I'm sure they do. Yeah. But then everyone knows you're there. I mean, there's... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, but that's... I mean, you can be a little more subtle about it in real-world Japan. But that's why they have the love hotels, right? Because you have three generations living in a house. You want to get your end away. You don't want to do it next door to grandma. So... <laughs> <laughs> like people, when people in the West hear love <clears throat> hotel, they assume it's something real, like, sleazy. It's kind of not. Yeah, yeah. The sleaziest thing is the karaoke, right? Mm-hmm. Usually, so... In the banging. Oh, the, and also when you park and they've got a little thing you can put so you can put over your um, license plate. <laughs> so paparazzi can't just drive around taking a picture of all the cars. one overlooked is it is it it's right in the place it's supposed to be well there is that tv reboot yeah i noticed that i have not it's like seen three that. seasons in really okay. i looked it up because i was wondering oh is it like a sequel prequel it's unrelated what is it it's just the same story but redone basically oh okay for three seasons okay i there's a lot of shows there's like a 12 monkey show there's snow mm. show i haven't watched these i'm like is that I mean, well, <laughs> this movie makes it clear it's not sustainable, but... Um, yeah, my, I don't feel a need to see more. Yeah, This, this gave me all the Snowpiercer I felt I needed. That's a good point. Like, 12 Monkeys, that, that show ran, what, five seasons? Or really? Huh? It, it ran several, I'm like, but the movie covered the bases fine. Mm. And, and like I mentioned, La Jete does it just as well, too. It's like, sometimes miniature is the way to do your thing and not... I mean, having not watched these two shows, it might be that they do something really interesting with the idea. Yeah, they could be the best shows ever. I don't know. But but I'm just saying, like like you're saying, for the draw, like to make me to want to watch it, it Mm. doesn't really matter because I feel like I've had that experience and it was relatively complete. Yeah. I mean, nobody liked the Back to the Future cartoon. I always forgot about that. I liked the the live-action bits where Marty was always hidden. So you couldn't tell it was just Christopher Lloyd and a stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, <clears throat> if, uh, yeah, there's, there's a ride. Um, you can watch all the footage from the Back to the Future ride, which is a pretty weird view. So, um, yeah, I want to see more whack videos. I, I, I guess that's where maybe you could have, like, more of a TV thing, because, like, yeah, what else are whack things are you teaching the kids in that school and... How yep. do these parties function, and where do they get new razors from? You know, maybe mm. maybe, maybe the show gets into that, but I don't know because I haven't seen it. No, no one has time for TV anymore. Not if they're doing anything useful. <laughs> I think most people back home have a lot of time for TV at the moment. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just in the country. We didn't really lock down. <laughs> Even I don't know. I'm, I'm see, I, I've never been a binger. I've binged a few things in my day. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying. Well, you can't never even sit happened. through a film. Okay. So that does not surprise me. 
but no, I have. I have technically. Well, I haven't done the um the thing where you just sit down all day and watch an entire season. The last time I did that was because I was feeling like pretty sick, so I just watched all of Defenders in one day. Okay, but if I'm up and healthy, then no, I don't think that's something I can do. See, I can't watch things when I feel crappy. See, I, I that's all I can do. Okay, I can't really read and I can't really game, so I just watch it. Ah, because I I think I just stare at the ceiling or whatever. Unfortunately, I don't feel crappy. You know, with, a, with a TV show, if I stop, if I catch myself staring at the ceiling, I've at least heard what's going on. Because I avoid things I like. Because I'm like, if I'm sick and I watch it or listen to it, I won't like it anywhere else. Well, hence why I didn't that. watch. Def- I watched Defenders. Yeah, because it's okay. like, eh. <laughs> Man, those Clockwork Orange guys would have gotten me instantly with Lou Vega. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because no, I, when I feel crap, I do like like. I don't want to hear that music anymore. It's going to make me like have like a proxy headache or something. I quite liked how this film ended. Yeah. Just like because he gets to the front and he's like, well, you know, it's only sustainable if we keep doing it this way. <laughs> so just blow it the fuck up. <laughs> Bring it all down. Burn it all down. Hell yeah. So there's two people surviving? Well, I think the implication... Well, we don't know. Maybe if they survived the train crash, I'm sure other people did. Yeah. But also, yeah, we see that there, so there is life. There is life, but these people are probably pretty fucked. <laughs> those, yeah, those two are that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like this, like, slightly hopeful ending where you're like, okay, they're not going to freeze in the next 20 minutes or 10 minutes like, they, like those people they showed, right? Mm. But they're, they're still fucked. <laughs> yep. I mean, if you get dumped into the Arctic, you know, what are you going to do? Well, I guess the implication was that he'd been training her for it that whole time. Yeah. Like her mother was an Inuit and stuff, so yeah, okay. maybe they would have made it some ways, but it's still a pretty shame. Oh, they probably got ate by that bear right as soon as the camera cut away. <laughs> <laughs> that bear is hungry. That's a happy ending to me. <laughs> bear gets all these people get eaten by bear. Yeah, <laughs> humanity's gone. The bears rule. Okay, Planet of the Bears. Hell yeah, that would have been a cool movie. It's definitely a movie, but it's not the kind of bears you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> How would uh, how would you make uh, okay? I'm getting back to the 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 more literal idea. How would you make the planet of the bears? Would it be like that country bears movie? Would you have to get that kind of bear? No, no, no. It'd be like it'd be like a gladiator film. They'd all be fighting and shit. Yeah, but like I'm just thinking, how would you like get them? Because you can't. It's not like Planet Ace where you can just like put like. No, they'd be like the the big talking fighting bears in um, Golden Compass. I never saw that. I mean, I'm not talking about the fucking film. Huh? <laughs> I'm talking about the fucking film, the actual his dark materials books. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's full of armored talking bears. I don't know anything about the Golden Compass. It's got armored talking bears in it. That's all you need to know. Okay, <laughs> that is that all I need to know? Yeah. Because I haven't like heard like a whole lot of anything about. It, to be honest, Phil Pullman gets weirdly close to some pedophilic stuff. Oh. He refused to get a background check before he read his book in a school. Okay. <laughs> and then. There's a section where, like, she falls in love with a university professor and you find out that he was in love with her when she was underage. And he put out a bunch of comments like, yeah, we didn't act on it, so it's fine. Didn't that happen in Indiana Jones? Uh, but yeah, it's, just, it's, it's not like... <laughs> it's not a lot of stuff where it's like, this is one too many skirting around pedophilic topics. <laughs> like, you know, you doth protest too much, Mr. Pullman. Okay. I, I haven't <laughs> found my way into the Golden Compass, and it's probably fine. I read it at, like, prime age, so I remember them as fantastic books. Okay. And I never want to go back to it, because who knows if it will hold up. <laughs> yeah, how, so this one holds up, then? This movie, I mean. Not I think so, one. yeah. The, the snow piercing. I don't know. It, it begat a TV show. It came mm-hmm. from a... It keeps growing. Well, it's one of those... 
we, we often have this come up in the show where it's like, is it too on the nose? Well, this is very on the nose, and it should be. Yeah. I think and, well, and the director has just gone from strength to strength. Oh, he's become an Oscar winner. Since exactly. So, like, he's a, yeah. He's, he's, he's in the director elite now. Mm-hmm. And when this came out, I guess he was still kind of just like... Oh, well, this was hook. his first like, English-language film. This is his first big... Because, like, the host had done well, but it was, like, a Korean thing. Mm-hmm. And this was him, like, <clears throat> coming big on the, like, world stage. They didn't just remake it like they do with all the Japanese horror films. <laughs> it's like, oh, no one can understand Japanese even when we put subtitles on. So well, because the host remake. is basically a kaiju movie. Yeah. Okay, So they, they don't... I mean, they do remake them, but not okay. in the same way. I right? know nothing whatsoever about the host, so, you know, you can, you can allow me it's to just, go just and hold on that. Big Lizardy and people, it's great. Yeah, no, I've heard it's good. Yeah, 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 we're definitely getting on that soon. It just hasn't been on. Well, we on have radar. that a monster in a while, so that might be my other pick when we do whatever we do next time we do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, listeners, if you want to do something next time you do something, <laughs> next time you do, do something, I'm going to do something. <laughs> let me be. Let me be true with what I'm saying. Let me speak my truth. Did you hear Matty's amazing life advice that he gave to Promise when we went to karaoke? What was that? Don't be tired. Be great. That's good advice. That's, we've been saying it nonstop since he said it. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah. That's my new life motto. Because, I, I, you know, I got a <laughs> bunch of, you know, like, downtrodden Japanese students that just tell, how are you? I'm tired. So that's a, that's a good yeah, response. Yeah, my response now is, don't be tired. Be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's yeah. my new life motto. Okay. Can you be great on a snow piercer? Yeah. How? Revolution? Yeah. That's the only that's, way? That's also the way to be great in real life. Chris Evans is the only great person, and, 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 and our Korean friend is the only great people on the train. And they both die, too. There was a bunch of them, but yeah, they did all die. The, the only way to be great is to die. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, I, die I, gloriously. I, I keep trying to prod you, but axe fight, dude. Oh, yeah. It was a fucking <laughs> sick fight. <laughs> I mean, but, I mean this, yeah, like, fucking... Korean director makes Western movies starring Chris Evans. You expect a sick fight scene. <laughs> and you got one. I, <laughs> oh, I think you. that's one of the all-time sick fight scenes. It's fucking dope. And it's like <laughs> brutal. They, I know. <laughs> People are getting hacked the fuck up. <laughs> so when I, when I first saw this, that did, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely cool. And like the idea of like, oh, we're going to fight you in the tunnel wearing night vision. And they just fucking light torches and burn the shit down. They even had bullets, it turned out. That was great, yeah, yeah. Those bullets are extinct. And then that little line was like, you know, people think a lot of things are extinct. <laughs> like what? This? <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're just not in, like, you know, high supply. Yeah, yeah. It, that was a cool observation that it's like, oh, they're trying to intimidate us, but their guns don't have bullets. Oh, I know. It definitely made him slick. I mean, you did not think this guy was an idiot, even though he was, mm. you know, barreling head forth into the unknown. Pro- and that was the fucking sick moment. We just grabs the guy's gun and pulls it up against his own forehead and pulls the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to test your theories. That's, that's yeah. called the scientific method. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, but it's like, and if you really want to be thorough, then you pull it six times to check the whole chamber. <laughs> Wasn't that a machine gun? You have to pull it like like 47 times. (laughs) (laughs) Are you assuming 47 just because of AK-47? Actually, I was trying to make a Star Trek reference. Okay. (laughs) I don't think that's what the 47 stands for in AK-47. No, it's just because on Next Gen. (laughs) And some of the other shows, right, when they they see a number, it's 47. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. Would you cut your arm off to stop someone eating a baby? I don't know. I, oh, that was my know. reference at the start of like the taste chest challenge because he says babies taste better. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was in such a happier. So yeah, hop on the YouTube channel and see me and Matt try human flesh from different ages. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, this one's a little ripe. Must be an eighty-year-old. Eh, their time has come anyway. It's fine. <laughs> One of my friends on the Nintendo forum, he did put up a thing because he tried like, I think he tried like two different states, and he was just saying like, "Do you think humans taste different if they're like vegan and stuff?" <laughs> and it's just like I don't think he knew he was making a joke, <laughs> and it comes across so insane. <laughs> Well, it's a thought to have. Yeah. So shout out to Pengers. If any cannibals are listening, get in touch. Who <laughs> tastes best? <laughs> Let's put a Twitter poll up when we post this episode. Who do the listeners think would taste best, me or Matt? <laughs> Where did I recently hear someone say a, a clean cock tastes like a fresh avocado? <laughs> I don't know. So it sounds it sounds right to me. <laughs> okay, so there's something to think about. That, that's that's not cannibalism though that that, that came from. <laughs> no. Oh, if any uh, listeners are wondering what cock tastes like, I can help you find out. Help you find. I just invite listeners to suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just wondered which. Yeah. Because I was, I, I'm reading another, 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 another book about Crowley, right? Mm. Where it was like in most of his sick, sex magic shit, he actually wanted to be the bottom bitch. Ah. So yeah, maybe, topping from the bottom. Yeah, maybe he felt you know, that was a sense of guilt. I don't know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe he just liked it up the chunk. Did you consider that? <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna be the case. Oh, that's another line I loved in this film. When she's talking about how, like, the water carriage would only hurt the people behind it. It's like, you drink through your mouth, not your bum. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's not wrong. Oh, okay. Um, if, if someone does drink through their bum, where do they look for us? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at MLSFSPod, or also on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just search Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. I drank vodka through my bum before. <laughs> you don't realize this is the first time I heard that. <laughs> uh, so, and you can find us on r slash butt chugging. <laughs> That's going to be a Reddit. What is a Reddit? I'm sure it's a Reddit. I'm, I'm 100% sure it's a Reddit. Yeah. yeah oh, so oh no, I'm 100% sure it was a Reddit. Was it right? Let's, let's, let's not assume that one got kept online. <laughs> I bet it did. I bet there's a big community for that. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a butt chugger, you can catch. <laughs> That's what we call the first of our show. <laughs> butt chuggers. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely opening the next episode. What's up, butt chuggers? <laughs> <laughs> did, we do, did we finish that? Bye.
Receptive reality to 
Thank mm-hmm. you.